Powered by MPB, this is Chalkboard Chat, an MPB education podcast, hosted by Jermaine Flood and Tara Wren. To hear this episode and more, visit education.mpbonline.org or download the MPB public media app to listen on your iPhone or Android device. Welcome to Chalkboard Chat. Jermaine Flood in. This is our Teacher Appreciation 2022 episode. We're showing our appreciation to teachers across the state, but in with me right now for this episode and who I want to show my greatest appreciation to is Miss Abigail Myers. She teaches seventh and eighth grade social studies and is the beta sponsor at Simpson Central School. Now she is a 15 year education veteran still in the game and she is here on Chalkboard Chat to tell us all about her passion for teaching the lives that she's touched and just about anything else that she wants to talk about we're going to do it right here on chalkboard chat so right now i want to welcome to the chat miss abigail myers welcome to chalkboard chat miss myers Thank you. I'm so honored to be here talking with you. I am so honored to have you on. Just teachers in general, when it comes down to this time of year, I want to put that spotlight on you. And of course, since we're an education podcast, what a better place to do it but then here. <laughs> so just exactly our appreciation to you for what it is you do. And we want to just go ahead and just get into you and why you do what you do. So if you could just walk me through what got you into to the profession of teaching? Was it a certain incident in, in your younger years? Was it something maybe that you fell into in college? Just what was that story? Well, I come from a family of educators. My grandfather is a veteran teacher. My mother's siblings out of six kids, five of them are teachers. And so I grew up listening to stories of education. My grandfather was probably my biggest role model. He absolutely loves children. And I just, from listening to his stories, I thought, you know what, this is something that I think that I can do that's really going to make a difference. It also helped that my family always was able to be together, you know, because they would have different holidays off and things like that. So I thought, well, that's kind of cool too. And then in fifth grade, my teacher, Mrs. Murray, we learned about just our states and our capitals and United States history. And I was just totally hooked in fifth grade. So we started learning the presidents. Well, I started learning all the first ladies too. And from that point forward, I just was all about U.S. history. And she gave out an award that year for the best social studies student. And, you know, I was given that. So that's kind of where it started for me. When I was in high school, I was in a program called Cadet Teaching, where one of your classes, you could go be in a classroom. And I was in a U.S. history classroom and absolutely loved it. And then when I got to college, I majored in social studies ed. So fifth grade is kind of the big year for me. But like I said, growing up in a family of educators, that was a huge inspiration. That's a common theme too amongst educators who are long-term that you came up in the family, that it runs in your blood. And this is what it is that you already knew that you were supposed to do. And that's just so awesome to be able to have people pour into you so early. And by the time you hit fifth grade, you knew like, "Mm, I think this is it. I think this is what I'm going to do. So just an awesome story, Ms. Meyer. So awesome. Now, when it comes down to your 15 years in the game, we were talking earlier, you were telling me that some of those years were outside of the state. What made you matriculate to Mississippi and start teaching here? 
Okay. Well, I graduated from Indiana State University and then I moved to Arizona to get a job because a lot of social studies teachers are coaches. And so I wasn't able to get a job in Indiana. So then I moved out to Arizona and taught there for a few years and actually, you know, really enjoyed it. But I wanted to get closer to my family and I wanted to get closer to my husband's family and they live in Tennessee. So I really just wanted to get closer than what I was. So I tried in all sorts of states, whether it was Indiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee, I got my license and I just so happened to come here to Simpson Central in Mississippi. I had a great interview with the principal that used to teach here and, or used to be the principal and the vice principal and just something felt right about this school. And so anyways, I ended up moving here, not knowing anything about it. And I've been here now for, well, next year will be my 10th year. Well, I'm so glad that we got you here in the state. And so I can interview you here (laughs) on Chalkboard Chat. So I'm just glad that you're here with us in the state. And at Simpson Central, how much do you love Simpson Central School where you're at right now? I love Simpson Central. That's one of the reasons why, you know, I came here and that's the reason why I've stayed here. It's a great family atmosphere. We have high expectations at Simpson Central. We have fabulous leadership. Dr. Woodall is amazing. The teachers here really, really care about the kids. They're not just a number. We are a small rural school And yeah, there's nowhere else I'd rather teach. And so I'll probably be here for quite a few more years. That'll work. I know that they love it. (laughs) I know that they don't mind you staying for a little while. So now when it comes down to your class, your seventh and eighth graders that you teach social studies to, how are they and how, how much do you love them in that class? Yeah, I really, middle school is an interesting grade, a time in their lives that that's really all I've ever taught is sixth through eighth grade. And I mean, they're great kids. I mean, you've got to kind of have a little bit more structure with them than you would maybe in some other grade levels. But once they, you know, understand your expectations, then they get it. Before they come to me, they don't have a ton of knowledge about U.S. history. That's what I teach in seventh grade. And then eighth grade, I teach Mississippi studies and world geography. So because it's not a tested subject, when they come to me, they do know some, but not like a lot of what I teach them, they have no clue about. And so I get to open their eyes to a lot of things in America's past. And then in like eighth grade, like my world geography, a lot of culture stuff. And I really love interacting with them and they're asking questions and they're wanting to know more. And so that, that spark that I can, you know, provide for them to, to become a, like I said in my biography, a history enthusiast is what I really live for is just to get them to love history and that it's not boring. I don't know who ever, you know, who says history is boring. They like, it's the best movie. Like I, it's the action pack. It's the drama. I mean, there's so much to learn and to be engaged in. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say the same thing. How do you keep them engaged with that subject? But what you were saying, they're asking questions. They want to know more. So there's something, there's something you're doing right. Miss Myers. Well, 
I incorporate a lot of music as well. I teach, you know, starting from colonization through the Civil War and Hamilton is one of my all-time favorite musicals. And I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's a wonderful musical. And I love interjecting some of that music into what we're learning about, you know, like Washington, when he gave his farewell address, well, there's a song for that. The whole Alexander Hamilton, Aaron Burr duel, the kids just eat that stuff up. It's really good. We're learning about slavery and we're learning about the Underground Railroad. Well, the movie Harriet has a fabulous song called Stand Up. The kids, I mean, today we had a couple minutes. They said, will you play that song for me? Yeah. And they, I mean, they just love it. And so the music is also ways that I engage them along with a lot of videos and even role-playing and stuff like that. So that the history comes to life for them. Right. You're speaking my language when you start to incorporate <laughs> music into the into yes. the history lesson, especially with Hamilton and um, the movie Harriet, just incorporating oh, yeah. music. I, I would learn if I could hear music and it, it teach me history. So that's just so And there's great. all sorts of parodies out there. There's a guy by the name of Mr. Betts. He has parodies for so much historical stuff. It's a review of the content, but it's catchy. And I probably play music once a day in my class or every other day, whether it's learning geography too. There's map songs. If we're learning about South America, well, we're going to listen to some tango. You know, so really bringing in that music is something because I love music. So I do that a lot. Oh, yeah. You're helping to not only teach them, but to transport them to maybe that time and that place so that they can get a feel Mm -hmm. of what it felt like and what all went down. So just some good stuff, Miss Myers. I love that. I love that. (laughs) History teachers are cool, too. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, you know, and you can, and you can be a dry history teacher. I mean, you can be a from the book, you know, and you can make it boring, but if you do it right, it's going to be the most exciting class they have. Right, right, right. And especially when it comes down to learning about the state too, with that history coupled oh, with, yes. you know, national history and world history, just all of it is just. Yeah. Mississippi history. That's, I love teaching that yeah. as well. There's Plethora. a lot of great stuff plethora of Mm -hmm. information. So good stuff. Now, when it comes down to beta sponsor, can you tell me a little bit about what you do with that? Okay. Well, I was a beta member myself in high school. And when I came to Simpson Central, I took over the beta club and beta club, of course, is a academic club, but it's also leadership and character and service. Our motto is let us lead by serving others. And so we do a lot of that. We do several service projects a year. In the fall, well, fall, Christmas, we brought in toys and clothes and things for the Angel Tree program. Mm -hmm. And so we were able to help four kids with their Christmas. And then we also rang the bell in front of Walmart for the Salvation Army. And we raised over $900 for that. I also wrote a grant for a recycling program. Yeah, through the Mississippi Recycling Coalition. And so we received an over $2,000 grant for that. And so we're recycling here, cans and plastic. Another activity we just finished up was raising money for the American Heart Association. 
And we had a heart walk and that was last Friday. And we actually raised over $600 in just that day. And the kids could walk for a half hour and, you know, get their hearts pumping. Not only that, but we, with our recycling and with our American Heart Association, we went into the classrooms and educated the kids. Why is it important to recycle? What can we do to help our earth in different ways? And how can we keep our hearts healthy? What are some things that we can do? So we created presentations, presented, did daily announcements, and we're wrapping up the American Heart Association, the last bit of money. I think we're going to be over $2,500. In the past, we've done American Cancer Society. Our top year for that was probably the year before COVID. We raised over $4,000 and we stood in front of Walmart and took up donations that year. So that might've helped, but we do a lot of things. We read to the kids for Read Across America. Any opportunity, you know, like we were down to one janitor for a few weeks. I had kids go in and help with the rooms and things. So we paired up with student council and did a Earth Day cleanup beautification project. And so uh, we're a very active club. We also are an academic side. We have competed at the state competition and the national. This year, I took a group of 22 kids to Biloxi. And we had, I think, five kids qualify for nationals. And so we're actually doing, we're doing that virtually, but we had a first place social studies student. So my seventh grader got first place in social studies. So I felt kind of good about that. We had somebody qualify for math and poetry and ELA. We also had an engineering team that placed fourth robotics. And so we do quite a bit of different things. It's a lot of fun. Congratulations on all that you do with Beta and as as Beta sponsor. When I think about teachers, you all literally are a jack of all trades. You are moving from one subject into another club, into planning what you have to do with another event or whatever it is that you've got going on. Not only are you teaching social studies, but you are literally a jack of all trades. Sometimes y'all are in the classroom counseling a tick when it comes down to the students. And so I just really commend you all for the hard work and the perseverance that y'all put in, despite some of the challenges that you all run across every single year or every day at school. And I know one of those challenges has always been teacher pay raises right now that they've got that on the book for Mississippi on trying to raise that teacher pay raise. How important is that for you and for your colleagues? I think it's really important. I think that in Mississippi, we are experiencing a brain drain. And so many teachers are leaving Mississippi. And we need the most talented, you know, students to go into education. And not only that, we need to retain what we have. And so I think it's a pretty common statistic that a lot of teachers burn out after five years. And so, you know, money's not everything, but it's something. And I know I taught and worked a second job for most of my career, just so I could have a little bit of extra money. And so with this raise, I think that it's going to give a lot of teachers the ability to just teach and not have to do that second job and to feel like, you know, that we are appreciated. 
because it costs a lot of money to live and having these little raises and comparing us to our surrounding states and being at the bottom, that was kind of a slap in the face, I think. So I'm really pleased with our legislature for making education a priority. I've emailed several myself and told them, thank you so much for advocating on our behalf and getting us to a good raise to where we can be competitive with our neighboring states. Right. I hope you all receive everything that you deserve and especially coming out of the pandemic with times being as hard as they are now. I mean, every little bit helps. Every penny is counted towards that bottom line. So just I hope you all get everything that you all deserve. So I want that for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I and and, and so it's, you. it's a really good thing. I mean, I yeah. think it's the biggest raise we've ever had. So yeah. it was time. It was right. definitely time. Right. Good stuff. Let's talk about the pandemic just for a second, even though I know we're coming on the heels of coming out of it. How was that time for you at Simpson Central School when I don't know how it happened for you all, but I know we had to sit back here at MPB for about three months right after it happened. So how was that transition coming from being in school every day to not being in school every day to kind of being in school and then now we're back? Oh, gosh, it's been (laughs) something else. I mean, it really has. You know, we did the best that we could. Whenever the pandemic hit, we were not one-to-one at that point, so the kids didn't have computers at home. That was difficult, but we are now one-to-one, so that's a great thing that's come out of COVID. When we got back to school, they had us on like a rotation to where we would see half of the kids on two days a week and the other half on the other two days. And of course, some of the kids didn't have internet, so we were having to send home paper copies. And it just was really, really difficult. It was very difficult because you know, they weren't getting everything that they needed in that time, but we were at least in school compared to some states that didn't even go back, Mm -hmm. you know, for a whole year. And then of course we had our virtual students. Well, then we had to have a Google meet going on while we were teaching. So having to make sure my kids online are engaged and I'm also paying attention to the kids in front of me was extremely challenging, extremely challenging. And so I can say that it, I'm glad that we're on the other side of it. I think this is something that's not going to go away. It's going to be something that we deal with. I think the mark of a good teacher is flexibility as well and being able to roll with it and just to continue to do what's best for kids. Fortunately, we have a good school system here, a good administration, and we all kind of banded together and we got through it. I personally can say I use much more technology than what I ever did (laughs) before COVID. Like I can, I have all sorts of stuff that I know how to do now and it's for the benefit of the children. Right. So I can't say like it was absolutely horrible. It was definitely challenging I think we did the best that we could, and I'm happy we're on the other side of it. I wouldn't want to go back and repeat it, but like I told the kids, we don't get to pick what things we live through, okay? So, you know, we wouldn't like to go back into the Civil War time or the American Revolution, and I'm sure people will be reading about us in this time and be like, man, I'm glad I didn't live through that, but here's the thing. What can we learn from it? So it was a good history teaching moment as well. 
Right, right. I love that. I just love the fact <laughs> that y'all are able to pivot. And my brain went straight into if perseverance had a definition okay. other than the one that it has, it would say also see teacher. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. You know, it really, it really was all about perseverance and for the poor kids too. Right. You know, and the mass. Oh gosh. That's the other part of it. And, you know, I, I wore my mask every single day and I'm teaching through it. I didn't even take it off for anything. And then, you know, the kids, they would struggle with that as well. And the social distancing and the canceling of certain events, it was a roller coaster for the kids too. And Mm -hmm. so I think that the kids and the teachers, I think we're, we're stronger because of it, but I think we have a lot of ground to make up. I think we're still recovering from some of those educational losses right. that we had. Right, right, yeah. right. They called it what COVID brain or the COVID drain or something like that when it dealt with kids and the knowledge that they retained. And so I couldn't yeah, I could and, imagine. And the isolation too, that some of them, you know, not being able, you know, some of them were virtual for a long time, not being able to interact. And, you know, I, I think that we've learned as a nation that, you know, we like to be around people and, you know, it's detrimental when you're not around people for very long. But again, it was, we did the best that we could. I'm, I'm happy to say that we, we tried to be at school, but yet use, you know, safety precautions as well. Well, kudos to your dedication. I just love it. Mm-hmm. I love the way y'all are able to have challenges, bounce back, and then almost like bounce back even harder than anybody. And that's the yeah. teacher. That's definitely the teacher. Y'all are the captain of that ship when y'all are in there. And I just, I commend you all for the work that you do. Now, in your entire career, your 15 years, what was that moment? And you don't have to name names. If, if there's a certain story or a certain student, or even if it was administration or a staff member who may have said something to you in passing or something that lets you know that this was the profession you were supposed to be in. It was like that light bulb right here that goes off and you're like, yep, this is why I do it. Yeah, I mean, for me, it comes in several moments, you know, having a teacher tell me my child says you're the best history teacher that they've ever had, or getting a note from a kid saying, thank you so much for teaching me. They usually say something like, thank you for having that high expectation, because I'm a very structured teacher. I like to have fun, obviously, but I have that high expectation. Mm -hmm. So thank you for making your classroom a classroom conducive to learning. I think too, I've had principals compliment me and tell me that I'm doing a great job. I've even been told I'd love to have a clone of you. That was all, that was a nice, (laughs) that was a nice compliment. And I'm not the perfect teacher by any means, but I think having those good moments of affirmation, it keeps you going because sometimes you don't feel like you're appreciated. Sometimes you feel like you're not getting through to the kids, but I think weekly I'm reminded of why I'm doing what I'm doing. And for me, teaching is not just a job. It's really part of who I am. Like it's part of my identity. And so I can't imagine doing anything else. And I love teaching and I love history. And so for me, I'm just having fun while I'm teaching because I get to talk and teach the kids about stuff that I love. 
So, yeah, I, like I said, I don't know that there's one particular moment, but just different times in which people have paid me some compliments and things like that. Right. They're pouring into you in the same way that you pour into your students. So it's all deserved and it's all, all in the realm of what it is that we're even having you on here for to appreciate you. So we just want to pour back into you what you've poured into the students all year. And this is our time to do that. So I'm just glad that you're on here. One last piece of advice that you would have to give to a future teacher or a new teacher to help them along in their professional journey in education. I think just to be flexible, to remain dedicated to not give up, to understand that you are making that difference. Every day you are touching a child in one way or another, you're giving them an environment and attention that maybe that they don't have when they're at home. It's such a rewarding profession. It's so rewarding. I don't know that there's another job that's so rewarding. So just to hang in there, there's going to be days where you feel like, totally defeated. I mean, I have cried on days because I've had different things happen. You know, something didn't go the right way or whatever, but just keep going and it it does get easier. You'll get past that survival mode into where you can see beyond the next day and, and just keep at it and you'll be happy that you did. I mean, there's no other job that I would rather do than teaching. So just kind of understand that there's going to be ups and downs, but just keep going. Right. I love it. I just thank you so much for joining us here on Chalkboard Chat. Your plethora of information, your your years of dedication are all deserved here. And we want to show our appreciation to you. And just thank you again for coming on the show. And to my audience, this has been Miss Abigail Myers. She is a teacher at Simpson Central School. She teaches seventh and eighth grade social studies and is the beta sponsor. And she has been a beautiful guest here on Chalkboard Chat with us today. So I thank you again, Miss Myers, for joining us. Hey, thank you so much. It means a lot that you guys are reaching out and wanting to talk with us so that we can kind of just share our experience. And so thank you for appreciating us. And we love that here. So to my (laughs) audience, you already know what it is. This has been Chalkboard Chat. I'm Jermaine Flood interviewing Miss Abigail Myers, teacher at Simpson Central School for our Teacher Appreciation 2022 episode. And class is now dismissed. You've been listening to Chalkboard Chat, an MPB education podcast. To hear this episode and more, visit education.mpbonline.org or download the MPB public media app to listen on your iPhone or Android device. This podcast is hosted with love by ACAST.